Hey there, everyone. I'm Lauren Taglianti, and welcome to the Hangover Lounge blogcast, XCU The Viewfinder, where we discuss screenwriting, audio storytelling, filmmaking, and offer different perspectives on all things entertainment industry and showbiz related. Thanks for joining us. This is the second part of our two-part blogcast with Kristen Alagan and Patrick Mediate, writers of the award-winning screenplay Soul Passage. I am glad to have David Zellerford, the co-founder of Hangover Lounge, with us today as well. And without further ado, Here's David. I mean, you guys are calling it horror, and I see it more as a supernatural thriller for some reason. I found it frightening, scary, and I can see where there are elements of horror films. I love the horror genre, but I love the idea of elevating the horror genre to be something bigger. And I think it's a big movement with horror now, which is really, really exciting because you've got the Academy Awards that are honoring horror films and including them in Best Pictures with Get Out and and um, certain films that have been um, us and, you know, movies that have, have come out recently. And I think because Chris and I are film lovers as a whole, I think we don't want to just pigeonhole ourselves in campy horror. I think the, the two of us, what elevates our work and what makes us and drives us on a day-to-day basis is infusing heart into a screenplay. And it doesn't have to be whatever screenplay, whatever genre, but we see an opportunity, you know, and I think the Academy's opened up that opportunity as well to tell horror stories in broader ways, in different ways that really also can be emotional and, and touch you as much as like a Steven Spielberg movie can touch you. A horror movie has that ability as well. It has the ability to scare you and make you cry and run the gamut of emotion. That's that's where I kind of come from on it. How about you, Kristen? First thing we did was sit down and I said, look, we really have to develop these characters. We have to sit down, we have to figure out what their motivations are. We have to figure out what drives them. We have to figure out what their secret inner world is like and to some extent I think that that all played out in the screenplay when we sat down we really got a hold of their voices and we really understood that I think subtextual I mean we're all let's not kid ourselves right now we live in a world where every movie is about a specific argument or political issue or some there's there are hidden arguments and messages in, in everything we're watching so that's horror drama whatever it may be we do try to elevate it, but I, I don't want it, us to claim credit for that because I think everybody in the genre is trying to do that. I think that to some extent horror is campy because they had to play up the idea of the scare. So a lot of the, the characters were one dimensional. Now there's a little more freedom to play psychologically with the characters within it. So I think that's given us a lot of leeway. I mean, we, we have heart, but we also, we really try to get into the minds of the, the people that we're portraying. And we're constantly acting out, I mean, to your, to your other question, we constantly act out all of the players in our in our screenplays. We, we have fun doing it too. It was much harder to write the Haitian characters, obviously, because neither of us have been to Haiti and we, that was the hardest part. And I think we had to draw on a lot of research from that uh, external research to try to figure that out. Plus we had a, a really great main Haitian character who was a little unconventional, I think. is definitely not a stereotypical Haitian character, but I think our knowledge of where we come from and, and just our our kind of love for humanity and, and what makes people human, no matter what culture you're in. We could be, you know, in this bubble here or could be in Haiti or could be anywhere in the world. I think we used universal emotion and universal feelings to really breathe life into that character and make him loving and have heart. Um, and I think 
all of those traits in a character transcend everything. I did want to tag on to the uh, point that Kristen started talking about culture and characters. There's a lot of call for accurate and authentic representations of characters that belong to marginalized groups. And I was wondering, how would you guys say that Soul Passage responds to that? I think we, we really at the beginning knew that we were doing a screenplay that really addressed the black and white divide. And that is always a tricky thing to, to do. And, and personally, as a minority of Asian descent, I don't like addressing those types of issues that I am not completely inured in, that, I, that I'm not living myself. I think the answer really is that we really tried to address the idea of inferiority and slavery. And I think that's woven throughout. I mean, zombification in and of itself is the idea of making someone your slave. And, and, and in Haitian culture, they do that and it's natural for them. In this particular screenplay, we really, we, we address ideas of slavery in the family. How much does a child respond to a father figure who owns her life? to some extent, owns the, the, the future that she's supposed to have, where how much of it is her own critical thought and how much of it is her parents. We thematically wove it throughout the screenplay in such a way that it wasn't something that wasn't specific just to race, but something that's specific to the human condition. And it's not about slavery, but just about a gap that exists between those who have and those who don't have. Julian himself is modeled after Papa Doc, but he is someone who has amassed a great amount of wealth and there's a big disparity between him and the rest of Haitian culture. And we really tried to make it so that even though we have Jordulian being the bad guy in all of this, that he's a voodoo priest, he has this valid argument where he's sort of, he's lived this life of subjugation. I mean, he lived this life in inner city boroughs and he this was taken from an actual experience I had with a cop. I work for a news magazine, so we deal with murder. And a cop was telling me, you know, one time I was accidentally knifed by a domestic. I was in this home and this wife, you know, knifed me. And, and these types of situations are tough. And that sort of was the basis for that whole scene where he accidentally, the main character in this, shoots a little girl by accident because you don't, you're not prepared for what's going to happen there. But even then, you know, these types of situations are triggered by living in these types of neighborhoods, living in these types of situations, suffering a divide in, in power. And, and, he, and I think Julian himself tried to redress that. So you feel this emotional resonance with him because you know that there's some justification to his argument. I don't know if I'm answering your question <laughs> correctly, but I think we really tried to weave that in so that everyone would feel that. It wasn't just a simple superficial redress of, of these issues between black people and white people. It's, it's about digging deeper into ourselves. That's really interesting. It seems like you guys are looking for the universality in all of this. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's always been something we, we strive for is is making it feel universal. And, and like Kristen said, the against the you know, sort of like the different cultures and the um, the gaps between the cultures and how different cultures interpret things. And I think it's not just that symbolic representation, right, Kristen? We also have moments in this, and I think that just the very nature between the main character, Nick, and the Haitian character that Nick meets up with, where it becomes kind of a buddy picture, the, the two of them are from totally different worlds, like completely different worlds. Um, in the way you've got Green Book, where you've got the Italian and uh, Mahershala Ali's character, who are totally different culturally, but they find common ground, and they actually realize that 
they're both not that different. There are certain things that transcend culture and transcend divide. And I think, to me, that's where a lot of emotional resonance has, has lied in this screenplay. Would you like to transition into what the future looks like for the script? So the future for Soul Passage, we are at the end of a fabulous festival season. We began, obviously, at, the, at uh, the start of the year, started off with a bang with the Los Angeles Film Awards, and just heard recently that we were chosen as one of the top 12 screenplays of the year for the LA Film Awards, which is really exciting. You know, we have a few more festivals to hear from this year, and then we close it out, and we've already started to cold query, it's called, uh, which basically is sending letters to producers and emails to producers and managers and getting the work word out about our successes with Soul Passage thus far. I see our names in lights and I see it on the big screen or, you know, the small screen. Let's not forget Netflix and Hulu and all of those great resources. But but I see it, um, definitely see it visually. I see it represented and, and coming to life on the screen for sure. I've always seen it, like every bit of it. So let's hope the successes in future are destined for... Um, you know, the visual medium, which is what all scripts are destined to be for. Scripts are one of those rare things that people just don't read. They're not like a novel in a book. Nobody will probably ever read Soul Passage except for the judges and festivals and um, yourselves and different people who have requested it. Uh, it's intended to be made. Um, and it needs to, to live and be set free. I think we see this as the beginning of our writing career in terms of, of screenplays together. So I think this is just one step on a long journey. So we'd love for this project to see the light of day and for it to get produced, but it's a stepping stone and I think in, in, a, in a long journey ahead of us. What advice do you both have for screenwriters trying to advance their projects? Oh God. I. I think that in general, getting as many people to read it and also just getting recognition. It's amazing how much confidence you gain from getting recognition from others in a screenplay festival format and a competition format. And I think constantly trying. But I mean, we haven't sold anything yet. (laughs) Well, I would say just get it down. Get your first draft down, no matter what it takes, no matter how bad it is, just get it out on the page. I host a weekly horror screenwriters podcast called the scream writers podcast and anyone who's interested in horror screenwriting or just screenwriting in general please check us out you can head to our website www.screamwriterspodcast.com you can find us on twitter at screenwriters pc or on Instagram at Screamwriters Podcast. please reach out to us or if you want to reach out to me personally uh, i'm on twitter at New York in June. Um, I'm also on Instagram at NY in June. Thanks for listening to the Hangover Lounge blogcast, XCU The Viewfinder, where we discuss screenwriting, audio storytelling, filmmaking, and offer different perspectives on all things entertainment industry and showbiz related. Stay tuned for more insights about the industry, and remember to subscribe to our emailing list on our website, www.hangoverloungepodcasts.com, and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Hangover Lounge Podcasts, on Twitter at Hangover Lounger, and on LinkedIn at Hangover Lounge to stay caught up with our newest episode releases. 